The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And it could be understood that the mindfulness of the body is a path to experience of liberation. It could also be that uh, the mindfulness of the body, uh, that the, the experience of liberation is inseparable from this world that we live in being embodied. It's not a transcendent, transcendental state. It's a, it's a transformative state in this life here, in a life that we experience very much through our body. Uh, people have many different kinds of relationships with their body, and not, not a little bit because of what their body does, does. You know, some people have a lot of pain or illness or challenges in their body. And uh, so the body can be a difficult place to pay attention to, and people often don't want to be present for it. Uh, some people have very difficult emotional lives, <clears throat> and so one way to not feel your emotions so much is to not feel your body. Our body is a kind of the vehicle or the means where m- much of our emotional life is expressed. Um, <clears throat> and even for people who have <clears throat> painful bodies, ill bodies, or people who have a lot of inner emotional challenges to be with. Uh, uh, More often than not, uh, bringing mindfulness into the body can be very healing, can be very beneficial, and it can provide a very different uh, perspective on our lives and ourselves and our situations than we can get through our minds. I think of the body as being a truth teller, that um, it's all in your body. I think there's a saying, it's all in your mind. I think think Buddhist saying should be, it's all in your body. Because so much of, uh, because the mind-body connection is not that distinct or separate. And uh, very intimately connected. And uh, where, however, so whatever's going on in the mind is often kind of expressed or found in the body. However, the mind that we identify with, you know, when we identify with our thoughts, for example, it's very easy to uh, have blinders on and limit what we actually pay attention to. You can get lost in fantasy or lost in thought and never really be in your body. Some people have jobs that are very intellectual, like on a computer and all day, and they kind of, their life kind of lives above their neck. And they're not really in touch with their body much. And um, so it's possible to have kind of blinders in the mind. And even people who do Buddhist practice <clears throat> can spend years focusing on the mind. And it turns out that they have certain kind of uh, blinders on, or they're kind of prioritizing certain aspects of their life uh, and missing other aspects. <clears throat> One way to kind of open up uh, to more of the full experience of our lives is to be grounded in your body. The body expresses so much. The body speaks, you know, our feelings and our thoughts, our reactions, our responses. So much so that, um, to paraphrase Carl Jung, I believe that, that, I think it was him or Freud, the royal road to the unconscious is through the body. I think it's that important, you know, like if you really want to get to know what's going on, uh, drop into the body and sooner or later things will show themselves in great clarity. one of the reasons for mindfulness of the body is that the body is a, um, provides and um, <clears throat> can provide a modicum of stability. Uh, the Buddha said that if you had a choice, 
between identifying with the mind or identifying with the body, choose the body <clears throat> because the body is more stable. The mind is fickle. It changes all the time and you know, it's never quite the same. But the body stays around a little bit more stable for longer than your thoughts and ideas and perceptions and all that's going on in the mind. So the body. <clears throat> Our experience of the body is kind of unique. Uh, I think maybe it's the only experience we have a uh, thing in the world where we ex- can experience both from the outside and from the inside, both subjectively and objectively. So it has this kind of dual role. And so in mindfulness practice, you can kind of play with that switching back and forth. Sometimes it's valuable to see the body more objectively. That's not me and it's just the body there. And sometimes it's valuable to experience it subjectively and to really feel it you know, from the inside out and really become it, be the body. <coughs> And how to negotiate that and how to go back and forth is part of the adventure of mindfulness and to find out how it's what's most useful at any given time, subjectively, objectively. And eventually those two kind of dissolve, that separation between sub- subjective and objective. And there's no real separation at some point. And, um, and the body can still be there in a very full way. What's maybe missing is you that makes it subjective or objective. <clears throat> so the idea today is to spend uh, time looking at practicing different aspects of mindfulness in the body. I hope that the, the guided meditations and instructions I give you uh, will kind of help you explore your own body and make it become richer and more alive as a, as a place of practice, as a meditation hall in its own right. Some place you, so you get familiar and comfortable with being in your body and understand how to do it. Uh, some of you maybe have done a lot of mindfulness of the body and, and even just, and maybe even taken some of these day-longs in the body before. Uh, I think it's always useful to get reviewed because it's, your body is never the same. And so you get to kind of explore it again and again and again and kind of keeps opening up. And it's certainly been true for me in my many years of decades of practice that uh, my experience of my body just keeps opening up and becoming richer and richer and uh, more, more informative, more uh, valuable, more expressive, more, more alive, something. It's just, it's just more, just it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, uh, the mindfulness of the body, the attention, awareness of the body. So um, <clears throat> that's the kind of the overall theme for today. And, um, and I'll do a series of little teachings and guided meditations through the day and probably will sit for about 35 minutes each time. And then, um, and then we'll do some walking meditation for about 30, 35 minutes. And then um, we'll have lunchtime around noon and then we'll continue in the afternoon and uh, do the same. The, the idea is to keep the building in silence for the most part, except for me, who gets to talk all day, on and off. Um, and the idea is to keep it in silence as a way of supporting uh, all of us to kind of uh, spend time kind of becoming more internal or connected to this part of the body. When there's talking and socializing, it tends to pull us away from our intimacy of our own immediate experience into our thoughts and social concerns. So the idea of silence is to help us have this intimacy and closeness to our practice and and uh, kind of settle in in deeper, deeper way. Um, 
some people are uncomfortable with the silence and initially. And then usually people who have never done this before, after a few day-longs like this, they get used to it. And after a while, they usually come to cherish it. So if you find a little bit uncomfortable, you know, it's normal enough 